welcome to the Reminders of Grace podcast. The Reminders of Grace podcast exists to provide a reference for truth, promote a refocus on the gospel, and provoke a profound reminder of grace for our lives today. I am your host, my name is Derek, and I want to welcome you to this show. Welcome into the Reminders of Grace podcast. If this is your first time joining us, I am so humbled and honored that you have chosen to spend this next half hour or so with us here. We've launched season two and are looking forward to seeing all that God will do and all that we will experience here in this space as we take time to reflect on the grace that we've been given and to recognize the grace that we need to give. Our episode today comes with a very heavy warning. I have taken much care, spent time in much prayer and reflection, and engaged in much conversation with others about this topic. This episode comes from a place of love, but also, as we've stated previously on other episodes, a place of necessity. The title of this episode alone might have incited a reaction It might have triggered a memory or maybe piqued an interest in engaging in a perspective. If this is not something that you feel you are ready to listen to, I get it. If this podcast is something that you listen to in the presence of children that you feel are maybe not ready to engage in this conversation, your discretion and discernment is yours, and I get that too. That said, again, I firmly believe in the need and the demand to enter into this conversation. So for the next few moments, I want to talk about the very serious and very unsettling subject of suicide. As we step into this episode, I recognize the reality that suicide for the vast majority of us The act of, the attempt of, or even the ideation of suicide has most certainly touched your life, whether directly or indirectly. If it hasn't, according to the staggering numbers, it is very likely to at some point. But I believe in a sovereign God, and I trust his word. And while in his sovereignty, God does and is things that I'll never be able to wrap my mind around, I know that his word, I know that he offers hope and he offers help and it doesn't have to be that way. Let's start with the numbers. Not because the numbers dictate destination, but simply because they speak to the prevalence of this matter. Suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. In 2019, which is where most of these numbers will come from, 47,511 people died by suicide, which is two times more than the number of homicides that year. From 1999 to 2019, a 20-year time gap, suicides increased by 33%. Studies show that men are 3.6 times more likely to commit suicide than women. The coast of the United States, which boasts exponentially far greater population, still have less suicides than the Midwest. According to studies, tragically, Native Americans are among the highest ethnic group affected by suicides. When it comes to younger people, those that would label themselves as LGBTQ have higher rates as well. 
Well, we stated that men are most likely to carry out a suicide. Women attempt it more. In 2019, studies showed that there were 1.38 million attempts of suicide. That same year, 4.8% of adults ages 18 and older admitted to having serious thoughts of suicide. Young adults ages 18 to 25 was the highest of that category, with 12.8 million of them saying that they had suicidal thoughts or ideations, and 3.5 million of them actually made plans to carry it out. We're speaking out of the numbers gathered from a specific time frame, and I want to reiterate that numbers don't dictate destination. They simply declare the desperation of the moment. They declared that this is a subject that we have to take seriously. In March of 2020, our world was totally and utterly rocked by the news of COVID. Now, we're not getting off topic here, and this is not about your thoughts or my thoughts on COVID or your beliefs, perspectives, or opinion about it. This is about context. And according to studies that records have been kept of, there seems to be a common theme when states of emergency are entered into. When they start, there is no distinguishable rise in suicides or in suicide attempts. Part of the reason for that is connected to the fact that there are aid packages and that there are stimulus, but also kind of that there are big things that happen all the time. But as it drags out, as the perceived desperation grows, the numbers rise in a commensurate way. These reasons, of course, differ across various demographics. Young people, those under 25 years old, were hit the hardest in this context during COVID. In June of 2020, 25% of 18 to 24-year-olds, according to a study, admitted to having suicidal thoughts and ideations directly related to the pandemic in the previous 30 days. And while suicide ranks 10th in leading causes of death among most adult demographics, it is the second leading cause of death among young people aged 10 to 24. The Mental Health Emergency Department indicated that visits to the emergency room related to mental health jumped by 30% from 2019 to 2020, primarily for young people 12 to 17 years old. And an overwhelming number of girls in that group were admitted for suspected suicide attempts. A mind-blowing 3% of boys were admitted and 50% of girls. So teenagers, the reality is that suicide is not a grown-up thing. It's not just something we take seriously once we hit 18 and we add it to the list of adulting. It's the real deal. These are just a fraction of the portion of the numbers. And while numbers don't dictate destination, we have to know how serious it is. So why? What are the reasons that would lead to suicide? Suicide is a wildly extreme reaction and response. The way that God created us and the way that science has confirmed and reaffirmed that to be the case is that our bodies are inherently designed for self-preservation. It means that your body is designed to keep itself alive. But when something is out of balance, when something is not right, that bend towards self-preservation is affected. For suicide to be the course of action taken, 
Something had to already be off. And here are some reasons. First and foremost is mental health. Inappropriately, over the last few months and even years, a spotlight has been shined upon mental health through athletes and public figures emphasizing their personal mental health and encouraging you to do the same. But the number one cause of suicide is depression. We were not created depressed. So when depression hits, something is out of balance and it threatens, especially if left unchecked, that self-preservation tendency. Another reason for suicide is trauma or post-traumatic stress disorder. We hear of that mostly with military service members, which is an epidemic that is so serious within that context. But trauma is trauma for anyone. Trauma is not intrinsically connected to war. Studies show that 22% of R-word victims and 23% of physical assault victims deal with suicide ideations, attempts, and acts. And as a disclaimer, I'm not trying to be funny or facetious by saying the R-word Because in order to keep this episode as non-explicit content, there are certain words I'm just choosing not to use fully. And my prayer is that that does not offend and that it's understood. Next is substance abuse. And this is a super tricky one. Anything that serves to alter our mind or our will is considered a substance. This can be medication, narcotics, alcohol, etc., When those are recklessly or purposefully overindulged in, that is considered abuse. In the same token, when necessary medication is ignorantly or even purposefully underused or neglected, that is also considered abuse and can lead to suicidal thoughts, ideations, attempts, or acts. A fourth reason is loss or fear of loss, whether in the most recent context of COVID because it's a disease or it's an economic depression and downturn that causes financial stress to spiral out of control, or maybe it's relational, whether it's like bullying or familial severance, the death of a loved one, divorce, etc. But lastly, and by no means a final reason, as this is not an all-inclusive list, is chronic pain or illness. And this is something that I can speak to personally as I watch my father deal with occasional suicidal ideations, remarks, and statements from a 20-plus year battle with illness. The thought process behind a lot of this tends to be, well, if I'm never going to get better. But the reality is, as we've taken time to look at the numbers and the reasons, my desire is that this will help in a few ways. I want it to help draw attention to how serious of a matter this is, but I also want this to help us understand how to engage in the conversation. And because from here, we will dive into some practical conversation, but before we do that, most importantly, let's look at the word and engage in some gospel conversation as well. When hopelessness is felt, helplessness is sure to follow. And so here on the Reminders of Grace podcast, we take the time to look at the written revelation of God to us. And the Bible talks about some people who committed suicide. And we'll briefly look at a few of them. A man by the name of Abimelech in Judges chapter 9. A wild story, if you ask me. 
in the midst of a battle as he leads an army into a fortified city. He comes to a watchtower and attempts to burn it to the ground. But before he is able to, there is a woman within the tower that drops a stone on his head. It's debilitating, but it's not fatal in that moment. In the following moments, he would call one of his men over to him, and he would ask the man to kill him with his sword. And here's what he said. I don't want anyone to say that a woman killed me, which is just insane. But to be clear, asking someone to kill him is still equated with him actually performing the act himself. Then a few chapters later, we read about a man named Samson in Judges 16, who is physically the strongest man to live. He performed incredible feats of power and strength, and the secret was in his hair. As his hair grew, his strength grew, which is why he was not allowed to cut it. But through a series of missteps and compromises, he gets it cut, and his strength is taken with it. He becomes a prisoner, and during his time in prison, his hair grows back, and his strength grows back as well. He brings down an entire temple full of people on himself, 3,000 of them on the roof alone, consciously knowing that doing this will cost him his life as well. Then there's King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 31, and then in 2 Samuel chapter 1, King Saul is wounded in battle, and his army has been defeated. And in desperation, King Saul asks for his armor bearer to come and to kill him so that he does not die at the hand of the enemy. Well, his armor bearer refuses and he's afraid. And so Saul falls on his own sword and takes his own life. Then Judas Iscariot. Judas physically followed Jesus for three and a half years but went to the religious leaders and settled on a price to betray Jesus to them for them to kill him. After coming to a realization of the gravity of what he had done in betraying Jesus, who was fully innocent, Judas goes out and he takes his own life. But what about people who didn't carry it out? It would follow that from trauma, loss, and then extreme guilt would match the four respective examples that we just walked through. But are there examples of people that didn't go through with it? We talked about Job in a season one episode entitled Finding Triumph in Tragedy. And Job experienced great financial, physical, and relational loss. He struggled from immense trauma undoubtedly connected to the fact that everything he lost, he lost over the span of two days. He was afflicted with chronic illness, and his friends came to tell him that it was because he was guilty of something. And in that deep, dark despair and depression, he would multiple times regret the day that he was born. He would numerous times want everything to end and just to be gone. But as the book concludes, God speaks to Job and Job finds hope and ultimately restoration in an awe of who God is and an understanding of who he is in light of that. Elijah was a prophet of God. 
And Elijah was a prophet that was continuously attacked and maligned by the king and queen of the nation of the people that he was told to serve. He feared for his life many times. And in a moment of desperation and loneliness, Elijah begged God to take his life from him. And God sent him comfort and strength, and he did it in a supernatural way. And Elijah was revived and strengthened. Before we move on to some application, I want to take a moment to address a fairly common interrogative that accompanies this subject. The question is that of suicide and eternity. Most notably, does committing suicide, does the act of suicide mean that a person does not and cannot go to heaven? Does committing suicide condemn a person to an eternity in hell. This is a difficult topic. Suicide alone is tough to talk about, but we're here for truth, so we can't and we won't avoid it because it's tough. The answer to the question is no. The Catholic Church traditionally taught and believed that if you died with sin, you could not go straight to heaven. What that meant was that if you died without having your sins penanced and then forgiven by a priest... In other words, if you weren't, quote, holy enough, you couldn't get into heaven. So, to circumvent that, the idea of purgatory was framed and then passed down. A place that they taught that you would go after a physical death to pay off any sin that was unsettled prior to your death. Your time there was based on the severity of the sin, the number of the sins, and how much, quote, work needed to be done in order to make you, again, quote, holy enough for heaven. They taught, however, that suicide was a sin that you could not work out in this place. It was a sin that could not be pardoned. It was a sin that was considered to be a, quote, mortal sin. They taught that it condemned you to hell. But the Bible teaches nothing resembling that. Jesus taught nothing reflecting that. And the apostles' writings, canoned in Scripture, do not reference that. And just as we walked through some biblical examples of suicide, not a single one of them speaks in the following verses of the eternal destination of those individuals. The reality is God in his written revelation to us, that the Holy Spirit of God administered its writings through human authors, never mentioned that suicide condemned a person to hell. And I want to be careful not to speak for God where God is silent. He does, however, specify in multiple places that a person that solely by God's grace, through repentance and faith in the person and finished work of Jesus and Jesus alone for salvation, has been mercifully adopted into Christ and into his family He has that salvation secured, and he has that salvation sealed, and nothing can change that. That is super clear. So what are some helpful ways to walk in and through this very difficult subject? I spent some time preparing for this episode by speaking with a very dear and highly respected friend that has walked through this personally and has committed to helping others walk through this as well. 
And from that, I want to share some things with you as we begin, as we begin to wind this down. The goal in dealing with this subject of suicide is not management or aftermath care. The primary goal is prevention. Part of the motive behind sharing numbers and reasons is so that we seriously examine the subject and we are careful to be looking for it. The reality is no one is safe from this. None of us can say, I'd never do that because I'm a pastor, because I'm a parent, because I'm too young, because I'm too old, because I have wealth, because I have seen success, because I feel fine. The facts are that pastors, parents, young people, older people, wealthy people, successful people, underprivileged, under-resourced, underserved, all these types of people have lost their lives to or committed suicide. You are not exempt from it touching you or someone that you know and love. But with help, you can help it from taking someone that you know and someone that you love. Communication is not just critical, it is everything. The more people in your life that you can trust, the better. Whether that's a family member, a friend, a church member, an employer, a coworker, a doctor, etc., if you have community, which in some small way we all do, use it. Use it. Contained in that is some accountability. Have those people that you can go to and say in humble, open transparency, I'm struggling. I was feeling down and I thought about this. Those people that without judgment or selfish motives can just be there to listen. Because we need people like that in our life who are there to listen. Again, the more people, the better. The reality is if it's just one person, that's good. But if that person in your moment of need isn't available, you still need another option. Life happens to everyone. So part of prevention is surrounding yourself with community that can support you for when life happens to you. If you are that person for someone, I've been there and I get it. But you need to make sure that if you are that safe space for someone, that you need a safe space too. It's far too easy for you to become overwhelmed or jaded or even guilt-ridden. So being that person doesn't mean that you don't need that person yourself. Maybe you're that person because you're the kind of person that is loyal and reliable. Maybe you're that person because you're the kind of person that loves really big. But know that if you love really big, you're going to hurt really big. And you need someone to talk through it too. Prevention communication means having this conversation with your children, with your teenagers, if you are a parent. Of course, your discernment is yours, and you'll know when they are ready. But don't avoid this conversation because it's tough. Don't avoid this conversation because you think it might give them ideas. 
the reality is it's 2022 and media and social media reigns. They either already have the idea or they will find it and it is not hard to find. What they most need to know is that it's okay to talk about it and that it's okay to talk to you about it. What they most need to know is that they're not weak. They're not less of a person. That it's okay to not be okay. And that they're not crazy for feeling this way or for thinking these things. We need a person that we can go to for encouragement. Not a place we go for validation. The Bible talks about a man named David who struggled in many ways because of fear of his life and because of solitude and loneliness and he felt hurt and he felt alone and you can say he even felt depressed. But the Bible says of David that he found encouragement in the Lord, that he found encouragement in his relationship with God. And we need a person that we can go to for encouragement, not just a place that we can go to for validation. If we get sucked into the endless scroll, of course we can find quotes or we can find tweets or we can find memes or music that match the despair and the depression that we feel. But what happens is instead of finding encouragement, we are finding reasons to stay that way. The difference is compassion. Compassion will meet you where you are, but cares too much to leave you there alone. Having that talk with someone going through this means just that. It means I'll be there. I'll listen. And while it's not my responsibility to fix this, I'm definitely not leaving you here. deep, real relationships. Be willing to talk about this if you're struggling. Social media isn't the place for this. So much on there can be fake that it's not the space for this. Don't let pride hurt you. Pride will cause us to think, I'm good. I don't need help. I just need to be more positive. I just need more self-love. But pride will also cause us to think, you know what, I'm terrible. I don't deserve help. I don't want to be a burden. And no one really loves me. No one really cares about me. And both of those perspectives are fatally dangerous lies from the deepest, darkest pits. You are not above this. And you are not beneath this. There's therapy that is available. More and more places are providing mental health services as a part of their care plans. It's not taboo to go to therapy. There's no shame in seeking help. And lastly, I believe this with all of my heart. Jesus is real. It's not a trite thing. It's not a subtle Christian plug. I know that Jesus is real. I know that his grace is greater 
than anything that I'm experiencing. I know that he loves and that he cares for you. And I know that you can run to him. As we close, I want to provide you with some resources uh, with a number to call, and I also will link some other resources in the show notes. If you or someone you know and love is struggling with thoughts, ideations, or even attempts regarding suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. That's 800-273-8255. Or you can text the word TALK to 741-741, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. There are numerous organizations that are dedicated to providing support and resources for you um, or for a loved one. And again, I will link these in the show notes for you as well. There is the American Federation for Suicide Prevention, the AFSP.org. Um, or there is the B, the one, two.com. That's B E T H E, the number one, T O.com. Or there is a resource called Hope Gatekeepers. Hopegatekeepers.com also has some resources on how to engage in discussion and some things that you need to know and some things that you, will help you understand this a little bit more. If you would not consider yourself a follower of Jesus or a Christian, maybe you have questions on what that means or maybe what that would look like. That's a good place to be. I want to encourage you to reach out to me. In just a moment, I'll let you know some ways that you can do that. Know that this is a place where you will be loved and you will find grace for wherever you are in life. Thank you so much for listening today. If today's episode was a help to you, tell me about it. There are a few ways that you can connect with me by email at remindersofgracepodcast at gmail.com. That's reminders with an S of gracepodcast at gmail.com. In addition, you can find a link to my socials in the info section of this episode. Also, if you could please do me a favor and be sure to leave a review and then click on that subscribe or follow button wherever you engage with the podcast to be certain that you never miss an episode. And as you head into your week, as you navigate through your journey, as you face whatever you face or as you seek to live on mission, be reminded of his grace and know that no matter what, it is always, every single time, greater still.